Hey, it's Ian Aber, and we are back with another episode of Straight People, the podcast for straight people by queer people, because straight people don't have what? Enough. They don't have enough. So we have this cute little podcast, so you'll stop trying to take over the fucking government or whatever it is that you like to do on your weekends. Um, we are joined, uh, this is, you're the, the, you're the first guest to ever appear three times on the podcast. Um, we are here with uh, Zachary Wright. Zach, how are you doing? I'm great. First to do the three, Pete. What yeah, the three P. Yeah, I have a question um, though. You said the podcast is for straight people, so that mean you can only listen to it if you're straight. No, um, it's for straight people because they don't have enough. You know what I'm saying? So okay. like, yeah. queer people still listen because like we we are just fascinated with straight people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like you know every inch of pop culture is just straightness being shoved down our throats. You know what I'm saying? So like okay. an extra podcast to listen to just about straight people. That's just like so cute. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, so it's entertainment for straight people, a case study. Exactly. For queer people, it's more of like, a, uh, that's what I assumed. Oh, yes, barbecue sauce <laughs> is for straight people, isn't it? You know? Um, so, Zach, the, the last two times that I had you on, you had some pretty, what I would consider to be hot takes um, on politics. Um, you, were, uh, you were very pro Stacey Abrams, but you weren't very... Um, optimistic that she'd win you know what i mean so you sort of called that um and then i can't remember specifically we talked about the second time but it was about like trump and primaries a lot i think it was we covered a lot of like uh Buttigieg, like yes iowa before there you go yeah so i thought i'd have you on i i feel like that like in my household um since biden's been elected and specifically the inauguration there have been moments where like I just look over at my husband and he's smiling and I'm like, bitch, why are you smiling? We're in a pandemic. And he's like, oh, I just thought about how Biden's president and I don't have to read any more Trump tweets. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's yeah. this general like idea that the good guys have won, right? And now we're just going to live happily ever after. Pop that bubble for us. Pop that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if you wanted to go back to brunch, but I think there's uh, still a few things going on that need to be addressed uh one of the like big things i see about Biden is like especially like more so like specifically because we're in atlanta uh the georgia senate races were very much like ran as hey you elect our guys two thousand biden himself said two thousand dollar checks go out the door immediately and yeah. we are now on day six uh no checks have gone out the door they're no longer $2,000. They're now $1,400 checks. And yesterday, Biden said he's willing to negotiate the $1,400 check. So that's already, it seems like it's going to get cut down even lower and we'll maybe get it by March, April. Uh, I've seen a lot of people, uh, a very funny take is like uh, $1,400 plus $600 is $2,000. You're still getting your $2,000 which is yeah. like a very like funny thing to me because it's like even okay so you got a little loophole there that it's still technically 2000 that's still i don't know how many people you know could pay for 10 months of rent with two thousand dollars split up into a six hundred dollar check and a fourteen hundred dollar check months later yeah like it's ultimately it's still like a very i think that's a very pointless thing to be like well actually the government's being smart and saving money this way it's like okay yeah. 
Uh, well, and also, like, I don't know a lot of people, even if the, let's, let's say it was $4,000, I don't know a lot of people who have, like, the wherewithal and money manage, management skills to then take that lump sum and then spread it out over the necessary amount of months to live on. Do you know what I mean? Like, why aren't they sending, a few, uh, like, a couple hundred dollars a month? Would it be that much of a, a burden on the American government to issue? So instead of, like, instead of a specific one-time payout or two-time payout, pay, like, as this is going on, everyone who's eligible give them some money per month which is what they're doing for social security so and unemployment and I mean, um uh, uh people who are on welfare programs you know canada australia a lot of different like countries had do not have as much money as we are been doing two thousand dollar monthly checks the entire monthly two thousand dollars wow could you imagine yeah imagine uh, the u.s government giving you twenty four thousand dollars to survive instead of like a hey, maybe we'll give you like an extra $50 on unemployment this week. Yeah. It's really nice to have that. I also think uh, with Biden coming in, a lot of people have like, have like, oh, we finally have someone who like trusts science. Like we don't have to worry about the pandemic. Like we have someone, it's nice to not worry about the pan. That's Jimmy Kimmel tweeted that out. Like it's nice to not like worry about the pandemic anymore. It's like, yeah. In LA, like one in three people have COVID. We have new strains like being like developed like in our like country, like two different strains that have popped up specific to us. And then uh, in terms of like Biden's plan is honestly, I see no major differences. Schools are still reopening. California is reopening. There's no, there's a mask mandate, but he didn't even follow his own mask mandate at his uh, inauguration the night of. Yeah, and when uh, and when called on that, his uh, press secretary was like, "Oh well, you know, it was it was a big night because you know, uh, COVID can't spread when you're having fun." Well, I mean, you know, they say that uh, they say that if you well, they say actually, it's a joke that um, Christian Davis tells that if you smoke enough pot, that it's um, that it's caustic on the um, virus in your lungs. So if you have the virus and then you smoke a bunch of uh, weed. Then you'll be okay. So I heard it at an open mic. It, it's got to be correct science, right? I mean, yeah, that sounds that checks out to me. Now, um, did you enjoy the inauguration though? Like when Katy Perry sing firework? Like I when did it turn into a Katy Perry video? Is what I want to know. It was like it all led up to like this big final moment, and I was like, did she pay for that, or did they ask her to be there? You know. <laughs> uh, I watched the inauguration while I was at work. I didn't yeah. even get to hear any like they I was just watching it. I like read like some of like the speech later. It was like I just don't understand how we're gonna like unify the country by just one old man barely holding it together. Well, uh, and you know, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. Because like a lot of people think that Trump like um that's Trump's base, right? And mm -hmm. I don't think that, that was Trump's base. I think Trump emboldened people who would normally have kept that kind of rhetoric to themselves, almost closeted, if I'm gonna use the gay analogy, yeah. and, and encouraged those people to come out of the closet. And, and, and he became like a, like he basically is a human dog whistle for that, for that mentality. And um, I think that like the, the notion that, like for every one of us, there's one of them, that's pretty fucking scary. Cause like, 
I've always known as a gay person, like you, you sense the resistance when you meet somebody who may not like you, but they won't go, you're going to burn in hell forever. They give it to you with their, their eyes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now that person feels like that they, oh, they, uh, they got a Trump flag on the back of their truck. They're going to run you off the fucking road now. You know, it's like a different, a different vibe. I don't think they're, I don't think those people are going to calm down. I think they're going to regroup, you know? I think that's definitely possible. I think something also interesting with a lot of Trump's base is I feel like it's also a good percentage of people who don't know normally vote like these are not people that were like excited about Mitt Romney these are not people that were excited about John McCain and went out and voted against any like Democrat or like just like voted Republican Party line there's a lot of people who are like man that dude's saying it like it is I've never heard a politician talk like that so let's do it so I think also like his base not only emboldened but I think there it's a new thing brought into politics that we're going to have to deal with for at least the next couple like general election cycles maybe yeah. they'll lose steam maybe the crazy trump QAnon people will burn out maybe they'll be absorbed into the republican party and have their own sort of like the way that like the tea party was yeah in the 2000s and we'll see you know more like people running on QAnon crazy bullshit so or, what do you think oh sorry go ahead i'll just say or uh, just it becomes like another like dog whistle of like Republican senators where they'll say it to them, do nothing, still the same policies passed for like the actual corporations and keeping their lobbyists happy, but then say, you know, but the government's full of uh, crazy pedophiles. I'm not one of them, but like, it's real. We got to get them. It's like. I, right. I love, I love QAnon because QAnon, if you just subbed uh, babies for black people, that's the Republican party. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe they're, they're not eating them. And I'm always wondering, where do they get all the babies? Like for QAnon, like, is that, is that what the abortion clinics are for? To give them that pipeline of fresh babies? Do you know well, what I mean? Like, that's I don't know. I love QAnon because it is like, I love when like someone is very close to being right, but then just completely takes such a wild left turn. Like, yeah, there are people in the U.S. government. Like we saw Jeffrey Epstein. We saw like multiple people in his black book list. It's like, I agree with you that there are people like that in the U.S. government, but then you're, we're at the same page, then you take this wild left turn of, but Trump is a white hat pedophile, he's been doing it uh, just to bust the other ones, he's been getting in those circles, not because he likes it, but because he's going to take it all down, it's like, uh, that's, that's probably where you lose me on a lot of that, it's, that, that was the whole thing is like watching like the QAnon people like after the inauguration just like sort of come to terms with uh, the fact that the storm is not coming. The storm that was supposed to be the, yeah. all the um, posts of like they're going to arrest all the different Hillary Clinton's going to jail. It's finally going to happen. And then just as the inauguration, you can watch on like different like websites. It's like, all right, at noon, this is going to happen. It doesn't happen. It's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> I made everyone in my family hate me for no reason. I fucked up. And it's just that's, sort of that's Payne's mom. Payne's mom is like she like every time when she's on at her at our house and she has her laptop out, I'm like, Are you trying to catch Hillary? Like <laughs> literally, because she still is like, and she's like, I can't believe this all this all went down and Hillary came out unscathed. And I'm like, Hillary has basically retired to private life. She's not, I mean, what do you think? What do you think she's controlling stuff behind the scenes? She's like, Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean. 
Oh, yeah, it's bad. So let me ask you this. What do you think is the biggest misconception among liberals and Democrats about what's like about Biden's presidency, about what it means for Biden to be president and for Warnock and Ossoff to have basically for us to, to have uh, flipped the Senate or how they want to describe it, make it to that, you know, it's a tie. Um, the main argument like I ran up against uh, when I talked about the possibility of like using the little electoral power that the left has of withholding votes from Joe Biden, unless he guaranteed something, anything to the left. Yeah. Uh, was that, well, don't worry, we'll just get him in office, but he's going to get Trump out, then we'll push Biden left. We'll push Biden left. And that was like the thing that I was seeing. Uh, but like I talked about the stimulus checks, that's already been cut down without even anyone asking. He's already, the children are still in cages. There are still all these issues that were like are going are unresolved it started under administration that he was a part of they're not going away i don't think it is possible to push biden left i yeah. think it is it is impossible to push biden left without a power structure in place that we do not have what we need in this country right now is we're very much like history doesn't repeat itself but it does rhyme like it's very similar to pre the new deal like the Great Depression, like what's going on economically, the loss of jobs. What is, we need mobilization of that level. And the only way that the New Deal got, FDR was not like some like populist hero growing up who like rose to the ranks and like same kind of the way Bernie was like of like not, he was a silver spoon rich kid. Yeah. But he had all these labor unions that were very strong in the country coming to him being like, we're not going to vote for you. We're going to withhold millions of votes so he has to go to all these business owners and lobbyists be like, hey, I have to give them something or I got nothing. They're not, yeah. I'm not going to win. And he ends up, the lobbyists are like, well, just let the populists go do it. They're low class, they're peasants, they're not going to do anything. And FDR goes with the New Deal, backs the people up in a populist movement and becomes, you know, the first president to win more than two terms. Gets, continues getting elected, one of the most popular presidents of all time. And the only way we're going to be able to recreate something like that is if we spend the next four years building the labor movement in this country with things like organizations like DSA, which is very popular. Like it's approaching now, I believe, 100,000 members, which is making it, which is sad, but it's made it the largest. Wait, is that the Democratic Socialist Army? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. Are you a member of that? Uh, yes, there's a, there's a, the Atlanta chapter, we, there's also one now in um, Augusta. And okay. I would like to see, I have a few, there's a few issues with DSA, but they've gotten better over the years. They started, of course, as like a blue no matter who sort of same thing and have gotten now more selective with who they choose and who they back. Yeah. And uh, I think the power that they have though is not currently enough for like electoral camp electoral politics it's more at the local level of finding you know urban centers like chicago there was a alderman who uh, was backed by dsa voted a way that they didn't like so they removed all their support from him that means you don't have people knock on doors where you don't have those small dollar uh campaign donations coming in and you lose your seat like that's the only way that like dsa like really has like power over politics what it can really do, I think, honestly, spending the next four years, instead of worrying about electoral politics, just because there isn't the power st structure there, to be instead, obviously, building that power structure. 
instead of pushing Biden left, you should be working on like pushing your coworkers left, like starting creating more of a class ideology, class like awareness of people that like, you work with trying to unionize workplaces. Like right now with the with COVID going on, you should be like if we essential workers should be like the number one goal of like if you have people in very important places like say grocery store like food like line like directly from like farms of people yeah they have the ability to go on strike and get more demands for like what they need but yeah. the problem is because of how effective labor was and going on strike and getting the new deal basically since the 70s they've spent a lot of money and effort by they i just mean like lobbyists the powerful people at the top who hold the most capital have spent a lot of money and time trying to take away your ability to do that so now it's a lot harder to go on strike these things are very well different. and like it, it it's always struck me that like most most jobs that i had that weren't like professional so we're, I, I would consider like unskilled or semi-skilled labor waiting tables working back of the house coffee shops none of those none of those had any unionization at all um, the only the only union I've ever been in is I was a when I was a bag boy at Kroger we had a union, um, which I never did a damn thing for me but I paid twelve dollars a paycheck to be in it and I was always like I thought this was the beginning like when I when I got that job that I, that was the beginning of me being in unions for the rest of you know what I mean and then yeah. every other job I've ever had it's like oh no oh you're a account specialist at a at an ad agency yeah there's no union for that stupid you know yeah. it's like. Um, so I think that's the thing. I think that like generationally, I wonder if anybody under Gen X besides skilled labor, people who've worked in like automotive industries or, or plumbers or, you know what I'm saying? Like that they even have uh, an understanding of what unionization would mean for them and what power would bring for them as a voting bloc. I think the Bernie Sanders campaign did a lot to like motivate young people in this country to like focus on the idea of labor and class solidarity. I actually, we saw uh, this year was the first time in like 20 years, I believe that uh, union density increased after like consistent decrease. Now the amount of union jobs actually yeah. uh, went down by, uh, by quite a bit just because of COVID and people getting laid off. But the people in the workforce joining unions finally for the first time in years went up. So we're starting to see a little bit of it. And that's what I mean, it's like, if you care about building a left that has any power, you're going to need, you can try working from within the Democratic Party, you have like members like the squad, but to rely on five, six people uh, to have the same like moral standards that they have when they go in 20 years later while you keep adding to these people, is just unfortunately a big ask. Like, I don't yeah. think it's possible, but if you're like, I, I don't know if you saw anything with the force of the vote debate that's been going on on the left a lot of like, uh, there's Jimmy Dore, a comedian, uh, uh, went very hard after the squad, calling them the fraud squad of like, you should have withheld your vote for Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House until you got a floor vote for Medicare for all. Yeah. And became a huge just shit slaying fest of people like personally attack each other either you're on jimmy Dore's side you're protecting aoc when honestly it was just a what it should have been and what it is just a disagreement strategy do you think they should 
try to use whatever political capital they have to get this done now? Or do you think that it's pointless because we have a president that said he will veto Medicare for all and it gives a lot of like moderate Democrats that cover where they can vote for Medicare for all and look like they appeal to these things, but they know there's no real possibility of getting passed. So they just get to like stave off like anyone trying to primary them in 2022. Yeah. So and that brings me to my next question. What do you, what's your predictions for 2022? Do you think that we'll see another swing right? Do you think that we'll see a further swing left? Do you think that people who were uh, mobilized to vote in this election will now think, oh, everything's fine. Let me go back to not paying attention to any of it. Uh, yeah, I think unless we see actual relief from the Democratic Party, like genuine help for the working class, yeah, it's, they're going to get massacred in 2022. It is going yeah. to lose the Senate. So what uh, if they what if they don't uh, relief doesn't happen, but there's significant legislation around uh, racial reform? You know what I'm saying? Like, so what if they do some but not all? What do you think the What do you think the issue is? Do you think the issue is is getting us out of the pandemic, um, getting us financial relief uh, specifically to the working class, or do you think that like I mean, because like for me as a gay person, they've already reversed some of those executive orders. That so like um, gay people go back into the employment thing where it's like you can't be fired based on your sexual orientation, even though that's federal and I live in a state that's um, right to work, so they can truly fire me for being gay. But but moves like that are things that I'm yeah. that I pay attention to, especially in the last the first six. So I believe the transgender ban. They did in the military. Yep. Um, I mean, it, each individual person, but I think when you have people who are, you know out of work for this long, who are need to feed their children, need to feed themselves, need to pay behind on mortgage. When yeah. you offer them things like, okay, this is like, this affects, say the trend, uh, the, the ban of transgender in the military. That tells them, okay, this is someone who cares about like progressive politics and the sense of like having like fair representation across the board and like Biden's cabinet being diverse. But yeah. fortunately, politics is and always has been, what can you do for me? So yeah. if you feel like a lot of people feel like so left behind economically, their material like condition has not improved over these past two years. Like there's a significant amount of Democrats who voted for Obama who then went and voted for Trump in 2016. Yeah. Those are people who have needs that were not met and they are willing to try something else because those needs those needs are still existing and they didn't get them solved under Trump, but if yeah. they go back to Biden and see like, well, it's also not solved under him and they run a smarter, more effective fake populist on the Republican side for 2024, whether it's either Trump again or someone, hopefully not someone smarter who will actually be better like running those fascist dog whistles. Right. I think they might jump back again because they're like, well, again, my life has not improved. Standard of living continues going down. Yeah. The best hope Democrats have is in Senate Chairman Bernie Sanders. Like, if he, the ambitious policies he wants to do from that position are things like a temporary Medicare for all during the pandemic, uh, universal uh, early education for like pre K, uh, cancel student debt free uh, tuition-free college, 
Like these are things that were like people could actually see like a legitimate like change in standard of living very quickly from these policies. And they yeah. feel, okay, well, if the Democrats lose the majority in the Senate, we don't have someone like that fighting for us or the ability to do something like that. You, I think ultimately it comes down to you need you need some type of mobilization economically as much as like because there's also a significant portion of the country who don't care about identity politics and oh, absolutely well no it makes a lot of sense because it's like what it's like what have you done specifically for me what tangible thing can i say is different because yeah. one of the things that i noticed was after the election there were a lot of like gay people that voted for Trump, which blows my mind just right there. But but I but I didn't know I didn't know a single one. I just kept hearing about them. So I did a like a, an article about it, and I talked to a few who none of them wanted to be named in the article. But the biggest thing was is that one of them like they couldn't point, but most of them couldn't point out anything other than they were so sick of cancel politics or whatever it was, but something that they were against that they thought Trump was for. But maybe not even not really. But the one thing was is that one guy was like, "Well, I since Trump took office, I get seventy dollars more in my paycheck than I used to because of the tax cuts. So seventy, one hundred forty dollars a month. That's all it took. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's he's still like, oh well, if Trump runs again, I'll vote for him. And I'm just like, what? Like, are you kidding? Like, I will give you one hundred forty dollars a month. I don't know where I'll get it from, but I'll find that money to stop you from you know." Like, uh, 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 but you're right. You're absolutely right. It really comes down to if the Democratic Party can make a significant impact on the daily lives of like the working class. I think that that's a, and it seems like that's what they're supposed to be doing. That's what, that's what we believe the Democratic Party to, to be about. But it's like, I don't know. You're right. It's just another old man you can't trust, you know? And um, as, as cute as, you know, Joe Biden is, and as much as like Kamala Harris too, I wonder though, like Kamala Harris is pretty moderate, right? I mean, in terms of at least her career as a prosecutor doesn't yes. really lend her a lot to like being a pro social justice, uh, racial justice person. I, I think like something that would be like a small in the sense of like, it's pretty tame, like across the board politically. Like I don't think you'd get much backlash for something like uh, marijuana legalization federally, like across yeah. the United States. I don't think you'd see much pushback for that. But it would actually have a big impact on people's lives. It's like there is a like certain point where like you are keeping this private prison industry alive a lot through drug charges, which should not be happening. Right. But I think we've seen like through like the history of like how like consistently locking people up for smoking weed and then going on the breakfast club and being like, yeah, I smoked weed before. It's like, you're not, <laughs> it, I, I don't see even like something, not to say that like a uh, marijuana legalization wouldn't do anything. It would be big, but like even something small like that in the sense of like political risk yeah. it seems out of reach for this administration. I mean, what about legalized pot and then all the taxes associated with it goes towards healthcare? Uh, I, what Bernie Sanders wants to do is, uh, as we've been a proponent of for years is of course, like cutting the military budget. And I, I think like there is absolutely no reason why we can't cut our just gigantic military budget and like focus on healthcare and yes, like legalize weed and use that. I, I think honestly, like if you legalize marijuana and you taxed it at a certain rate, 
that should probably like a good amount of it should go back into like programs for like getting people like jobs like out of prison like erasing like those records of people who've had their like lives ruined right uh, by these dumb charges where completely based on like the color of your skin determines how harshly you're going to be punished like just having a little bit on you and then they push as high as they can than if you're you know white you just really sort of get a slap on the wrist it clearly is like let's take the money that has been used for these policies to destroy black communities in america and put that money from the taxes back into those communities i love it i love it when one day you're going to be running for something I, i'm going to put my money on that i don't I, like one day like when being a comedian won't like completely uh um yeah. <laughs> ruin your chances of being something um so i feel like we, we have solved a lot here Let's say again tv star i don't think comedian should uh disqualify you if we have reality tv stars president i think you can have uh you can have a, a comedian uh yeah. it, uh I don't know, uh, city councilman. Well, you know the speeches will be good. You know what I'm saying? Like it won't be, it won't be. Um, there will, be, there'll be no filibustering. Do you know what I'm saying? It'll be keeping it real short and sweet. Oh, um, well, they're expecting a speech. I'm just gonna do crowd work on them. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Oh, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, okay, well, I feel like we solved a lot. Um, you know, hopefully, people who listen to this podcast will. Uh, start unionizing, uh, you know, the, the tens of people that listen to the, <laughs> yeah. um, so we're going to do, we're going to do real quick, a couple, um, I'm going to, we're, it's straight or gay. Okay. I'm going to name a, name a item or topic or piece of, uh, of our culture. And, um, you're going to tell me whether it's straight or gay. And if you feel like it, why? Okay. okay. Um, straight or gay baseball. That's a tough one. I'm going to go with, uh, straight because of like uh, most of the dudes I know are very much like dip spitting like like they like uh, that sort of aspect of baseball but it did throw me for a loop a little bit because most of the conversation I've seen about uh, baseball uh, was in high school for some reason was about like the pants yeah and uh, how it made you bubble Okay. I saw dudes like bragging about that. I was like, that makes me feel like it, it could go. Can I, can I go this feel pansexual? Is that a possibility, Crystal? Yeah, we can do that. We can say it's bi. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you're okay? Yeah, you're okay. back though. Okay, so that one we're gonna call officially bi. Okay, straight or gay, fast pitch softball. Uh I'm gonna go with gay on that. Okay, a gay. I feel like that like very stereotypically like there is like that type that's a very uh a key part of the lesbian community all right i love it um gay or straight rollerblading i'm gonna go straight on this one i know i know what people think but i i'm you know what i'm trying to reclaim it i'm trying to reclaim it for i think when it first came out it was gay but yeah the straight people yeah. the only people still doing it are straight okay like um, if you buy the little camera and like you're doing like like tricks and like at like the skate park, that feels very straight to me. Yeah. Okay. Straight or gay bucket hats. Bucket hats. Hmm. I would I would have normally said straight on this, uh, but this is very recency bias. I got hit on by a dude with a bucket hat last night at my job. So I'm gonna <laughs> go with gay on that one. Okay. 
um, the, a gay guy who's not doing his living his best life. He's hitting on yeah. the people that work at the Mellow Mushroom while wearing a bucket hat. This guy, he might have just come out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's, He's a gay guy. Out. He's a gay guy that listens to Tim, Tim Dillon's podcast. That's what I'm going to call it as. Um, okay. Straight or gay, tiny top hats. Tiny top hats? Uh, I feel like I'll go straight on that uh, just because I, it makes me just think of uh, the Monopoly guy. Okay. Um, I, I but that's. But proportionally, that's a regular size top hat that is true. to okay. him. So, so imagine okay. I'm wearing a top hat, and then I take that top hat off, and then I have a tiny top hat on. That'd be amazing, first of all. That would blow my mind. Uh, I'm still going straight on it. I feel like... Okay. I feel like hey, this is subjective, so... It's not a fashionable... I don't think that's a very fashionable thing to do. Okay. I feel like... Uh, Tiny top hats only are look good at like little birthday parties. Okay. Um, so this is the last one. Uh, it's my favorite one to ask. You are at like a friend of your family's. So like a friend of your dad's, uh, um, your friend of your dad's uh, daughter's wedding, right? Um, you're in a barn. You are drinking um, uh, non-alcoholic beverages because it's a dry wedding out of a mason jar. Um, they don't have a wedding cake. They got cupcakes. And it is the father-daughter dance. What do they dance to? Okay. Dry wedding. I feel like it's... Can I go a church hymn on this one? That sounds Whatever. Like that. It's your, your answer. Just a church hymn? wedding like yeah like this is gonna be like some like religious music playing like they don't want anything that's gonna get too dirty okay so do you know no, you don't have a, a, a song in mind just no, a I, hymn just yes. a hymn okay yeah i would like to imagine a full choir like one hymn please okay yeah. all right so let me i'll change it up a little bit so it's not a dry wedding they're drinking alcohol and it, it, they're only going to be playing um a secular or what is it is it non-secular or secular which is secular. yeah so oh, they're, they're only playing secular music thong song the father-daughter dance okay yeah. yikes <laughs> let's hope you don't have any daughters zach let's just hope <laughs> that you don't have any daughters zach tell me where they can find you online if you want to be found online uh you can find me at zach w comedy uh on both twitter and instagram if you listen to this and you're like, oh, I, you need, like unionizing your workplace sounds like a good idea, but I don't know where to start, please feel free to hit me up. I will provide you with resources. There are tons of like online meetings where people are working across the country on like, especially dealing with COVID, how to unionize your workplace and how to ensure safety for you and your coworkers. Awesome, awesome. Zach, thank you for doing this. Um, I miss your face, I miss seeing you. Hopefully we'll get back to some form of normalcy by the mid or to end of this, this year. And um, well, herd immunity, baby, herd immunity. We have a president who believes in science again. So it's just all going to disappear without any change in policy. He was there the day they invented science, do you know? So it's, <laughs> it'll be good. All right. My name's Ian Neighbor. This has been Straight People. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you like our podcast, review and rate it on Apple's Music iTunes. 
because that's very important for some reason. Everyone tells me that's so important. So please do that. And if you don't do that, just have a good day and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Zach. Bye. Bye.